Risen Lord, help us to receive the life-giving and life-changing gift of your love. Amen. Grace, the unearned, lavish, and abundant gift of God's love toward us. I preach and talk about grace a lot. There are different words that we can use to describe what grace is all about. There are aspects of peace, mercy, justice, hope, and belonging, all embedded in grace. But at its core, grace is a description of God's love. God loves us, not because we are particularly lovable or deserving, but because God is love. And love loves to love. And so God loves us and wants us to abide and flourish in this love. Grace is the one-word way of conveying what Christians mean by love. And though I've always preached about the importance of God's love, Grace had not always been central to my theology or spirituality. It's not that grace was unimportant to me, it's just that until I had felt myself caught by God's grace, it was not foundational. I might say that intellectually I knew that Jesus is the Savior, but I had not fully known him as my Savior. Because quite frankly, I'm not sure that I was convinced that I needed to be saved from much. And I don't think that I'm alone in such a feeling. A lot of us have our lives reasonably well put together, and we can point to our hard work as the cause for the successes that we've had. Now, I do not have a dramatic conversion story to share with you this morning that brought me around to experiencing my need for God's grace. But it was absolutely a turning point in my life and faith. It was a mountaintop experience, but only because it happened while I was at Sewanee one summer in my doctoral program. It was there that the seeds of grace were planted. I can remember the exact spot where it happened. I was out on a run listening to a podcast put out by Mockingbird Ministries. That's a grace-centric organization that seeks to connect the Christian faith with the realities of everyday life. And they do this through podcasts, conferences, articles, and a magazine. Quoting from their website, they describe their ministry as, Behind our entire project lies the conviction that none of us ever move beyond the need to hear the basic good news of God's grace. In particular, none of us ever fully escape the gravitational pull of personal control and anxiety when it comes to life and how we live it. Hence the name Mockingbird, which refers to that bird's peculiar habit of repeating the song that it has heard over and over again. Their ministry is to sound these notes of grace. And in 2016, I heard them with the ears of my heart for the first time. Grace, though, it's still something that we grow into. I still am. Grace is similar to love, in that love is not something that we can hold on to as a possession. Rather, it is something that we grow deeper into as it becomes a part of our identity 
and our being. And so when we are aware that we are growing in grace, we are in good company. Because for whatever reason, St. Thomas was not with the disciples on that first Easter evening when the risen Jesus came to them and said, peace be with you. We should never call him Doubting Thomas because his problem was not doubt. It was experience. He had heard of Jesus' resurrection, but he had not experienced it. And that gap between our knowledge and our experience is one that we all struggle with. We hear that we are forgiven, but it's just words until we feel the release of mercy. We say we believe in the Holy Spirit, but until we have felt her blowing in our lives, it sounds like doctrine more than faith. And so Jesus comes in grace to Thomas to meet him just as he had met those other disciples to bestow peace on him. And in my experience, one of the struggles of faith is to accept grace as a gift. The reason why I've been thinking about St. Thomas and Mockingbird Ministries this week is because I realize that I am still growing in grace and I still struggle to accept it. You all know that my sabbatical starts in an hour or two. <laughs> and last week I was meeting with my spiritual director, as I do regularly, and a word on spiritual direction. It's not just for clergy. Spiritual direction is about sitting with someone who is trained to help us listen more deeply and intentionally to God. I've had a spiritual director for a long time and I highly recommend it to all. So we were meeting last week and he asked me how I'm feeling about this approaching sabbatical. Obviously there is some excitement, but there's a whole nother set of emotions that I've been struggling to put into words. It's something like embarrassment or shame. Now it's very well-meaning, I know that, but I've had so many people say something to me like, you deserve this. My struggle is in believing that that's true. Now I am not, and I mean this, I am not fishing for compliments or validation. I'm speaking about something that I struggle with and I don't think that I'm the only one. Because the fact of the matter is that there are a lot of people who work really hard and have really demanding jobs and they do not get three months paid off work. They don't get to go to England for seven weeks. They do not have their work so noticed and valued and appreciated. The concept of sabbatical, it just feels a little bit too luxurious for me. Now, yes, I know that I work hard. I know that I am a competent priest. I do not need to be reassured of that. But teachers, nurses, counselors, business owners, other church staff, goodness knows, they all work incredibly hard. They could also benefit from having a sabbatical. And so in that comparative sense, I'm just not sure that I deserve this. Now, part of this is my personality, because when I hear that word deserve, it's a call to action for a type A personality like me. And here I want to promote a workshop that we are going to be hosting at St. Luke's that I'm excited about on September 30th. It's a Saturday and we're bringing in someone to facilitate a workshop on the Enneagram, which is a way of understanding ourselves more deeply. You might say it's a more spiritually grounded and holistic version of Myers-Briggs. So just file that away as something for the fall, September 30th. But based on my Enneagram type, deserving 
really matters to me. I want to deserve things. I want to earn things. And I want to properly use things that I am given. The problem with all of these tendencies is that they run against the message of grace. Because there is no other way to describe this upcoming sabbatical other than as a blessing. Truly, this is a blessing, a gift to me. And so as I was meeting with my spiritual director, he helped me to recognize that I am struggling to accept this as a blessing. We live in a meritocracy where we are taught that nothing is free and everything has to be earned. Society teaches us that if we don't use our resources well, well, they'll be taken from us and given to someone else who will use them better than we are. Just think about that little ritual that we've all seen and probably participated at a restaurant. The check comes and someone says, let me get that. No, it's on me. No, you don't have to do that. Let's split it. No, I insist. Well, fine, but next time it's on me. Why can't we simply say thank you and accept a gift? We might say that blessings are antithetical to our American culture, but God is a God of blessing. And our inability to get away from words like ought and should and deserve puts up a barrier to us fully receiving the gift of God's grace. Now, you all know that I very rarely talk about myself in sermons because I am not the point. But I'm sharing this because I see my job as something similar to what Mockingbird does, to point to Jesus, to repeat that song of grace, to help people come and see this love that is making all things well. And because so many people struggle to accept gifts, it means that we also struggle to accept grace. It's my prayer, though, that in sharing my experience of this, that others will be able to receive the gift of God's blessings. And to be very clear, I still very much want to take this sabbatical. But over this past week, as I've been praying about accepting this wonderful blessing, I feel like I've already received the fullness of the sabbatical in being able to receive it as a gift instead of seeing it as something that is deserved. And prayer really has been a lot of what's got me to being able to receive the sabbatical as a gracious blessing. But there are other reasons why I can receive this as a gift. As I've recently said in other sermons, I have a palpable sense that the Spirit is up to something at St. Luke's. No church is perfect, but this one is quite good. I can't tell you all how amazing our staff is and what a joy it is to work with them all. You all are active and engaged. This is a congregation that is open to taking risks and trying new things. And when we have issues, we deal with them in healthy ways. There are challenges ahead of us to be sure. The church is changing just as the world is changing. But I am really excited about where the Spirit is leading us. This sabbatical is a further blessing that God is giving me to help me grow in grace as I have some time to rest and listen so that I can continue to lead faithfully for years to come. But you also are a huge reason why I am able to receive this as a gift. I completely and fully trust you all. I have not had one single thought about things going sideways while I'm away. My issues pop up, sure, 
but I trust our vestry and staff to handle it. I trust Father Tom's ministry while I am away. I trust Greg Shields' leadership as senior warden. I know that Deacon Bonnie is going to keep our eye on mission. I know that Stephen will continue his excellence in music ministry. I know that Mark will have the office running smoothly. I know that Caroline will be, continue to be consistently awesome in keeping us connected. I know that Heather will bring new energy and creativity to our programs with children and families. I know that Marcus will continue his care for this sacred space. And I know that as our foundation, mission committee, and Mother's Morning Out programs continue to grow and evolve, that it is with the Spirit's guidance. And the way that so many of you all have reached out to tell me that you are willing and ready to make sure that Tyler, Eleanor, and Rowan have what they need while I'm away in England, it means the world to me. It was almost exactly nine years ago that I had my first interview with the search committee at St. Luke's. And I'll never forget that first conversation that we had. Kathy Green said something to the effect of, we know that God is going to do great things at St. Luke's with or without a priest. We would just like someone that can help us to go further in that. I remember I finished that interview and I said to Tyler, this is the one. It's what I cherish so much about being a part of this beloved community. It might be my name at the top of that staff list, but this is our parish. We are committed to one another, to our community, and ultimately to responding to God's love. Serving as the priest at St. Luke's is a tremendous blessing one that I do not deserve. But God's grace and love are not about deserving. They are about receiving and enjoying. And with all my heart, I thank God for the blessing of being called to serve with you all in this special place. And I also thank God for the call to rest and receive the blessing of a sabbatical. So while I'm away, keep it up. I would ask that you keep me in prayer that I am able to receive this time as a gift and the blessing that it is. And though I will be away and not engaged in ministry at St. Luke's for a few months, you will absolutely remain in my heart and prayers. At the close of today's gospel reading, we heard St. John write, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And through believing, you may have life in his name. Well, that book hasn't been closed yet. Jesus is still doing many other signs in our lives and in this parish. I look forward to the blessing of sabbatical. And I also look forward to the blessing of returning in late July. To see what new signs of God's grace. There will be to come and see.